I Love Mortgage Broking, episode 50. The only podcast for brokers, by brokers. I Love Mortgage Brokering will inspire you to up your mortgage business. Join your host, Scott Peckford. Hi, Broker Nation. Scott Peckford here. I want to share with you a new series I'm doing called the CEO Series, where I'm interviewing the CEOs of all the major brokerage houses. There's two goals with this. The first goal is to find out who these people are, what makes them tick, and how they ended up leading a national brokerage. The second goal is to find out where their company's headed and what makes their brokerage unique. Basically, why should someone choose their company in light of all the options that are available? I'm excited to share these interviews with you. Hopefully, you're going to get some awesome stuff from them, and you can find them all at ilovemortgagebrokering.com slash CEO. Hi, Broker Nation. I am thrilled to introduce our guest today, Michael Cameron. Michael is the managing partner of Axiom Mortgage Partners. He's been a broker for 20 years, and Axiom was launched by Mike and Gord Ross in 2007 with the goal of leveling the playing field for the independent broker owner. Today, we're going to talk to Mike a little bit about his how he got into the mortgage biz, and particularly, we're going to ask about the past, the present, and the future for Axiom and why Axiom. Mike, I'm stoked for this interview today. Are you ready to rock? You betcha, Scott, always. Awesome. So can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got into the mortgage biz? Well, I think much, much like most people, nobody sort of goes to school and and wakes up one day and says, "When I grow up, I'm going to be a mortgage broker." And I, you know, I w- I was no different. I was actually working at a garden supply company as as a, a salesperson, and and I played hockey with a guy that was a mortgage broker, and he was having lots of fun and making lots of money. And uh, I said, "What do, what do you need to do to do that?" And I, that was back in BC, and he he said, uh, "Well, go take a course at UBC." and uh, call me when you're done. So I went and took a nine-month course. I called him up and said, I'm done. Now what? He says, what do you mean? I said, well, you told me to go take the course. I did it. Now what? And he invited me down, introduced me to his boss, and away we went. Awesome. And so uh, so you were in sales, so you had some sales background, but no mortgage or finance um, background when you started? No, none whatsoever. <laughs> right. Cool. No, none whatsoever. I I, uh, I actually started on the phones. When I first started, I was in a little bit of a different role. It wasn't residential mortgage brokering. It was uh, raising private development or private financing for uh, a development construction financing. So where I started, I was actually on the phone. You know, we had a, uh, there's a company called Target uh, Contacts Target Marketing that would sell us a book um, of executives, CEOs, CFOs, that kind of thing, sort of high net worth individuals. And, and I'd flip through the book and I'd pick up the phone and, and I'd say, Hey Scott, it's Mike Cameron calling. Uh, how'd you like to earn 12 to 18% return on your investment? Let me talk to you about mortgage. Really? So you're basically cold calling people. Oh yeah. Not basically. We were, <laughs> that's what, that was my job. Right. And I, I think I was, uh, 24 at the time, and I, I probably looked like I was 16. I always had a bit of a baby face, so it was uh, it was a bit of a shocker when I when I get guys to actually write a check to me. It was, I mean, at that time, it it, it kind of blew me away. I mean, I remember the the first big check I ever collected was was a uh, hundred thousand dollars, and I, I just it it floored me that. I mean, I, I, I couldn't fathom the fact that somebody could actually write a check for a hundred thousand dollars at that time. Right, that's awesome. So that's a great learning place, though. Great place to, to kind of cut your teeth and learn oh, how to sell. And it it was fantastic. That's awesome. So and obviously, you, at some point, you transitioned into brokering from being sort of the, in the sales side of, or the investment side of it. So 
I like to always ask about a quote because for me, quotes are something that are portable. I can take them with me and they keep me keep me focused. So can you share a quote that's really impacted your life or business over the last 20 years? Yeah, well, and, and, I, and I think this one for me is, is sort of more recently relevant and uh, I don't know who to attribute it to. Um, but I really like the, the quote that says, the true measure of a leader isn't how many followers they have, but how many leaders they help create. Mm, that's good. That's really good. Yeah, I, I went to this leadership summit recently, and the, this one guy had said, which really resonated with me, is that leadership is unlocking potential in others, right? And yes. I'm like, that's so, yeah, that's what I want to be about. And that's definitely what you've, you've been about for a long time. So that's, that's fantastic. So how have you applied this quote to your business currently? Well, I, I think you know that you know I, I've started a, a podcast of my own, and I've had the good fortune of being able to connect with a lot of what I would consider rock star leaders in our industry. Um, so just being able to interview them and, and share that with uh, with our industry and with the world, and really hope to inspire sort of the the up and coming, you know, the next generation of, of leader in our industry. Uh, as well as you know, looking within our own, own organization and and trying to foster um, and encourage those that uh, do show some potential and, and do want to to step up. It's been interesting for me because I've kind of shifted from you know as as a leader, you can have you know X amount of impact if you're if you're talking sort of one on one. You know, let, let's say the number is a hundred. Ike, Mike Cameron personally can touch a hundred people. If if you don't sort of inspire those hundred to to step up and and become leaders in their own right, you know that's where it stops. I've touched a hundred people, but if I can help a hundred people unlock their potential and become leaders to another hundred, you know the growth is exponential, and and you know therefore you know my impact um, becomes much farther reaching than it, than it might might have otherwise been. So so that's what gets me excited. Right. And your podcast is called Connecting the Dots. So anybody listening to this, they go check out your podcast. It's uh, fantastic. And you definitely you, you interview the sort of top people in our industry, CEOs. And, and uh, so it's more of a 30,000. I think of it more of a 30,000 foot level, you know, leadership uh, training and stuff. And what we're doing here is more usually most of the time is just a day to day stuff. So and it's yeah, good to I do. Mean, it's it, good to it, do both. I, I uh, I actually uh, just hung up the phone with with um, Brendan Calder this morning, and Brendan is a guy that holy smokes has he left a footprint on this in- industry. Like if if you talk to many of, of our industry leaders, Brendan is a guy that uh, they would consider a mentor to them. So uh, I'm looking forward to putting that one out. Sweet, and we'll put a link to your uh, show in our show notes as well. So I, I also noticed that. In life and business, there's failure happens. I know that you, you probably haven't been doing this for forever without having some failure. So can you share an example of something that you failed at and then the lesson that you learned from it? Yeah, I mean, I, I, for, for us as an organization, you know, I mean, there's certainly been, been lots of things we, we've failed at. Um, but I think the, the one big lesson over the last few years for me, I, I think we got a little bit complacent. Um, you know, we had some great success at the outset. Um, we were different. We were unique. Um, but, but I think we, we took our foot off the gas and, uh, got a little bit complacent. And, and, and so I think that was, you know, in many ways a a failure. Um, but we've remedied that and we've remedied that big time. Right. So what, what have you changed recently? Just out of curiosity, that sort of pedal back down. I, I, I think it's, um, I think it's more of a mindset thing. Again, 
you know, per- personally, you know, there's some things that have happened in my life um, that have impacted and I've maybe let those get in the way uh, a little bit. So the motivation level wasn't as high as it, it should be. Um, and just, you know, now in the last, in the last year or so, um, there's, there's some renewed energy and, and vigor at the top level. And I think we're seeing that trickle all the way down and, um, you know, that's important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. So no one is a little kid, like we were saying before, says they want to, you know, start a national brokerage with hundreds of, of brokers, but you obviously have done that. So can you share your journey? How did you get there? So, uh, and we've talked about this briefly in the past, but I'd like to know your story of sort of this idea of Axiom, where it came from, and then uh, sort of, you know, seven years ago, how'd that happen? You know, it, it, it it's interesting because I've, if I look back on my career, even, you know, when I started I told you I came from sales in the garden supply warehouse, but or in in the wholesale business. But but I actually started there bagging dirt, <laughs> so I started at the lowest possible level on, on the totem pole, and and you know so I've always kind of elevated my game, worked my way up, looked for opportunities to improve. Uh, brokering was no different. You know when I started, I sort of moved my way up through the ranks. And eventually started my own small independent brokerage. And back in you know 2005, 2006-ish, I ran a, a good little shop. You know, we were probably doing 200 million with five or six of us. Um, but what was happening is 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 I've got these guys and gals around me that are doing less than a tenth of the volume that we're doing. And they're getting paid more than than we were. And it just didn't make any sense. I mean, you know, again, you could be a guy coming fresh off the street, have zero reputation, zero track record, do very little volume, but because you were affiliated with a, a national network, mm-hmm. you, you'd get paid more. Right. And so, honestly, where Axiom started was me calling bullshit on, on that. And I was looking for a way, you know, when I looked around, you've got two options you can join. Or you can change things. Uh, and honestly, I've never been much of a joiner. So I decided it was time to change things. And uh, I said, well, if, if all they're doing, and, and again, back at that time, I think, you know, a large part of the value proposition of, of the nationals was volume bonus. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, if all they're doing is linking arms and aggregating volume and saying to the lenders, hey, look at us, we're all together now, pay us more. Mm-hmm. I thought, well, why can't I do that? On a nonprofit cooperative basis. So I actually started the National Alliance of Independent Mortgage Brokers, which was a nonprofit cooperative. We had it set up so we had, you know, provisions for directors in in all the different region regions across the country, and we charged a, a flat annual fee. And uh, you know, we we had probably the lenders that I supported at the time got on board. Um, so there was only you know three first line, first national. Um, some, there was somebody else that came on board, but after about 18 months, it became evident that if we wanted to take this thing to the next level, we were going to have to step up our game and it was going to have to become more than a nonprofit cooperative. Right. So at that time, I think we had, you know, 11 independent brokers as part of that sort of alliance. And then we, we evolved into Axiom Mortgage Partners. Again, the intent always to being to level the playing field for the independent broker owner. Um, so yeah, I, I didn't sort of wake up one day and said, Hey, I know 
I want to be the, the, the top dog of this national organization. I saw a problem that was affecting my business and I looked for a solution. And again, the two solutions were either I could join one of the nationals or I could create something different. And when I looked around, there was nobody that had everything that I wanted. So the cost structure at that time, you know, it was going to be more expensive than it was worth for me to join one of the nationals. So, you know, I, I kind of got on my soapbox and uh, started picking up the phone. And <laughs> this is where the cold calling uh, experience came in handy. Play. And and that's actually my business partner today, Gord Ross. I, I cold called him. I didn't know him from Adam. I asked around the industry and, and said, you know, who are, who are some of the good independents? And I sort of put together a list and I started picking up the phone. And the sales pitch at that time, you know, it was, it was, was a pretty easy sell. Mm-hmm. And uh, so w- the, when you made the transition from sort of the cooperative into sort of in the national brokerage that you have now, so how was that received by the, the people you already obviously had built a, you know, was starting to get momentum. So how was that received when you said, hey, we need to shift gears here because we need in order to have uh, tools and resources, it costs money. So, um, so how did that go? Yeah, I, I think it was it was it was fairly well received. We, um, you know, there was there was two that I could think of off the top of my head that it just economically they they couldn't do it. You know, I think they supported the vision, um, but it just didn't make sense for them economically. So, mm-hmm. you know, and again at that time there there was a bit of a leap of faith because well we we have yet to see the value proposition. I mean, we've got some as far as as volume bonus goes. Um, but again, the intent was to level that playing field. So once we've done that, well, you know, we, we've become, we, we could potentially become masters of our own demise because if our value proposition was volume bonus and we, our intent is to level the playing field and, and sort of get rid of that, well then, you know, we, we lose our value proposition. So we had to continue to innovate and, and look for other ways to add value. And, that, and that's what we continue to do today. So what was the first thing you guys, once you launched, just out of curiosity for a history, because I love history. And so what was the first thing you guys decided to create, like the first tool or value proposition beyond the volume bonus that Axiom um, put together once you made the made the leap? Well, that would have been on the technology side for certain. So I, I'm, um, you know, in, in grade seven, I was the guy that would stay till six o'clock at night when his parents had to come pick him up. And I, I would plug away on my Apple II Plus at the school, you know, the one computer they had. So I'm a bit of a, a techno geek. So I, I had some processes and and systems and technology in place that we were using internally here and was just looking for a way to expand that and grow that. And Gord had the same thing. So he was doing something very similar. So we kind of merged the the technologies and the the processes, and um, moved that into a platform that was uh, you know independent, was web based, um, you know again, which was relatively new at that time. You know the software as a service uh, type model wasn't as established as it as it is today. So so that was kind of the first thing we moved into. Right. That's one thing when I think about your guys' company and I first sort of was introduced to you uh, that I thought you guys are very innovative on the software side. And so um, you guys have done a good job of innovating stuff even before some of the other major brokerages were doing it. Create, you're creating tools and things to make the broker's job easier and more efficient. Well, I mean, the advantage I had was I, I was a broker. And, and so I was just taking the things that I had created from for myself 
and, and expanding them out as opposed to, you know, sitting at that 30,000 foot level and trying to look down and predict what people need. And, and the fact that I was, you know, A, I was a good broker and B, I was tech, very tech savvy. So mm-hmm. the combination of those two, I, I don't think there were a lot of people in the channel that had sort of both those qualities at the time. Mm-hmm. Or at least not ones that were visible. That, or that had the desire to make a change because, you know, there's right. one thing to, you, you may not like the status quo, but it's, are you going to do something about it, right? Yes. So that's kind of the past. And so I want to switch gears to the present. So with all the options available in the marketplace with the different brokerages, so what makes your company unique? Why would somebody, why would a broker want to would choose Axiom? Well, I, I think the technology and innovation is still um, one of our large value propositions. Um, from an independent brokerage standpoint, you know, we don't require branding the same way that others do. Um, so we still support that independence. I mean, that's important to me. Again, when I look at sort of historically, where does the innovation come from? I think the innovation comes from, you know, the smaller independence because there's a lot more agility there and a lot more flexibility. So we want to foster that environment. So I think that's a big attraction, uh, for certain. And from an agent level, you know, I, I think reputationally speaking, we have a fantastic reputation with the lenders, uh, our, you know, integrity and, and, um, efficiency. It's probably second to none. I, I mean, I know some of the lenders that we deal with, who knows how much they're just blowing smoke, but, but they, but they tell me that we are number, you know, we may not be number one in terms of volume, but we're number one in terms of efficiencies. And, and that's something that, that I take a lot of pride in. And I think, you know, that I think we'll come, come to that when we talk about the future of the industry. Um, I, I think that's very important. And so, so the philosophy, the, the who we are versus what we have is a big part of it. You know, I mean, make no mistake, what we have is spectacular. And, and you know, Gordon, our creative team, came up with our last advertisement in, in CMP where, you know, it's a picture of a, a pair of socks. And says because we're going to blow your socks off, um, and I think people are blown away when they when they see when they see you know quote unquote the stuff that we have. We always sort of affectionately refer to it as the stuff. Mm-hmm. Everybody's got stuff, but what makes your stuff different than my stuff? Um, and I think we back up our stuff with with the philosophy. And again, I think our stuff is second to none. Mm-hmm. And so can you give me an example of a recent person or a company that's joined your guys? You don't have to use a name or anything, but just maybe why they, when you were t- talking to them, why they chose you guys over the other people? Because I like to get sort of a third party opinion sort of. of so what the last guy that you can think of that said, hey, we joined you because of X, yeah, what was absolutely. that? Well, and again, I, I hate to keep beating the same drum, but it really was technology and innovation. And, and they've looked at, you know, not that we're perfect by any stretch, but they had looked at, you know, all the different solutions, independent technology solutions, also other brokerage technology solutions. And, you know, again, having a conversation with somebody like me that, that I think truly gets the potential of technology. And while we may not be everywhere I want us to be, I believe that we're light years ahead of, of many, uh, I- including some of the independent software providers. Mm-hmm. And and the the scope and scale of of who we are as an organization uh, allows us to do some things 
with some of the third party uh, organizations that, that others might not be able to do. Right. So that, that's great. Yes. Which is the tech, which is what I'd sort of my, what, what I noticed about you guys was your innovation and your tech was really good. So now I'm going to switch gears to the future. So where's the opportunity for the big national brokerages in the next couple of years? Well, I, I think, you know, coming back to technology, I still think that's an opportunity because I think it is so untapped, you know, everybody's got technology, but nobody uses technology. So I think there's a real opportunity to simplify the usage of technology, um, to get more efficient at what we do, to put systems and processes in place across the board that allow us to be more accountable to our lender partners from a fraud standpoint, because that's still a huge issue. And I know brokers get bored of it because we've been beating that drum for, for years, but it's an issue and it's an issue that, that we need to solve. Mm-hmm. And so how's your organization going to take advantage of these opportunities? Well, again, I think leading with innovation, we have an in-house team that, that, you know, we don't outsource our stuff, our, our, our technology. We, we've got it all in-house. So everything we do is done internally. We can react quickly. We can innovate quickly. You know, I mean, our consumer portal is just one example of the things that we've done. You know, we now have a, a secure mechanism to allow clients to upload documents directly to the broker. Mm-hmm. That's um, pretty cool. Versus, yeah, versus emailing them. And, you know, that that's a bit of a scary thing. I mean, maybe a bit of a different topic, but I, I don't think people realize how insecure email is. Mm-hmm. So we want to be on, we want to be on the forefront of that. You know, the the opportunities are, are also to get more efficient. And again, this is a drum I've been beating for, you know, seven, eight, ten years. Get more efficient for our lending partners. Mm-hmm. Um, really work with them and drill down to how do we how do we get better at what we do so that we can make you more efficient or more profitable by becoming more efficient. And you know, volume is is important, um, but I would suggest efficiency is is much more important. You know, again, as a broker, and, and I'm sure some of your your guys that you've interviewed have talked about this. If you can get 100 leads and you close 10 of them, well, you don't necessarily need to get 200 leads to close 20 of them. Why don't you take that same 100 leads and close 20 of them? Just get mm-hmm. more efficient at what you do. And right. That's a much more cost-effective way of doing mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm kind of I'm one of these guys who's obsessed with efficiency, so I'm totally on the same page with you there. So what do you think is the biggest risk? Though? So these national brokerages, there's some consolidation happening. There's, uh, what do you think is the biggest risk to, your, to the business in the next couple of years? Well, the biggest risk, I think, is we forget who we serve. You know, we serve the consumers. Um, we need to continue to look at what they want. And, you know, many will tell you they just want the lowest price. I think that's garbage. I don't think every consumer just wants the lowest price. But I think our biggest risk as brokers is we forget what our value proposition is. We start waffling between this full service and low price. You can't. You can't operate a whole run through at Walmart prices. Mm-hmm. So, so I think you need to make a choice as to which model you want to do. I mean, I've got my opinions on, on which model I believe in. doesn't necessarily mean that I'm, I'm right. But I think that's a real risk is, is that we forget who we serve. And as a result, we don't do either of them. You know, we don't do any of it well. 
and we get somebody else that comes up the middle. So if you're going to play the price game, I mean, I think that's a huge risk because price doesn't take any skill. So Mm -hmm. you know what? If you're all about the lowest price, I can guarantee you tomorrow somebody else will come along and find a way to be cheaper than you are. Mm -hmm. And if that's your sole value proposition, I think that's trouble. The other risks we, we face as a channel, as an industry, is not being efficient with our lending partners and forcing them to either exit the channel or find, you know, if we can't be a diff, if we can't be an effective distribution channel for our suppliers, make no mistake, they will find an effective distribution channel. Mm-hmm. And if it's not us, we're in trouble. Right. We are replaceable. <laughs> was what we you said. are replaceable. We're middlemen. Right. And I'm sure a lot of the big institutions would love to figure out a way to to lower their cost as well. So we need to remember to where that we're it's a we got to make it win win, right? Absolutely. Well, I can guarantee you, nobody sits around and at the at the banking level and says, "How can we pay these guys more?" No, never. <laughs> That's not the conversation they're having. No. So here's my final question. So what is your BHAG for your company? And that's that big, hairy, audacious goal for the next five years. So what do you want to see with Axiom do over the next five years? You know, I mean, from a from a size and scope standpoint, you know, I see us, the potential for us to double. Um, I, I also want to be, you know, from a legacy perspective, when we're done, I want us to be part of something transformational for this industry. So again, efficiencies, technology, simplicity, bringing it all together for the broker and the lender so that we become maybe not the biggest. I don't really care about being the biggest, um, but I want us to be the best. And how I define the best is, you know, we've surrounded ourselves with, with the green berets, so to speak. Um, we're at a point where people are knocking on the door asking to get in, um, but it's an exclusive club, you know, because we are efficient. And, and I think, you know, some of the risks that we run down the road is lenders are going to move to a much more, you know, and we've seen it over the last five to 10 years, the selective access. Um, I think that's going to get even, even deeper. Mm-hmm. And we're going to, I tend to think we're going to revert back to, you know, just because you're a super broker with 3,000 or 4,000 agents under you doesn't necessarily mean I want to deal with all your three or 4,000 agents because, you know, I, I don't know what the number is. Let's say 80% of them are, are not good. You know, I want us to be the flip side of that. Mm-hmm. Right. Kind of like that. I read a book about Navy SEALs and there's 20,000 special forces in the U.S. and there's 2,000 Navy SEALs. So exactly. it's, uh, you know, man, it's hard to get in. So. Awesome. Well, Mike, I really appreciate your time today and you know taking the time to share what you're doing with Axiom and I think in your podcast. If anybody's looking for you online, where can they find you? Uh, MikeCameron.ca or PassionPridePurpose.com goes to the same spot. Awesome. Uh, or AxiomMortgagePartners.ca is the company site. And so anybody listening can go to the website. I love mortgage brokering as well. We'll have links to Mike and his multiple sites that he has. And Mike, I hope you continue to rock uh, the rest of your year. I sure will. Thanks, Scott. The only podcast for brokers by brokers. I Love Mortgage Brokering will inspire you to up your mortgage business. Join your host, Scott Peckford. Hey, Broker Nation, Scott Peckford here. Have you joined our VIP club for mortgage brokers yet? If not, you're missing out. We share exclusive content not available on the web or the show. We share scripts, step-by-step guides, and other insider tips to help you save time and make you more money. 
I can't tell you how many times after I turn off the recorder, a guest starts sharing some awesome advice or a script or, or a tip, and I take the best of this and share it with my VIPs. If you want to get on the list, visit ilovemortgagebrokering.com slash VIP. That's ilovemortgagebrokering.com slash VIP. Oh, and one other thing. Since this is exclusively for mortgage brokers, there is a skill testing question. Good luck, and I hope you continue to rock your mortgage biz.